The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. With school, for, for most Albertan kids just days away, the federal government has announced a plan to provide up to $2 billion in additional funding to help provinces and territories ensure kids can safely return to class. Here was the Prime Minister earlier today. Our children must be safe in the classroom. That's non-negotiable. No parent should be losing sleep because they have to go back to work but aren't confident schools are properly prepared. The Prime Minister saying during that news conference this morning that he's hearing from a lot of parents who are very anxious about sending their kids back to school. With it just around the corner, let me know how you're feeling, 780-496-0063. So the money announced today is on top of the $19 billion Ottawa has already promised provinces and territories to help them cope with the continuing impact of COVID-19. Um, the money will flow through a new fund specifically uh, designated for school reopenings. The provinces and territories, you know this, have sole jurisdiction over education, will have flexibility to spend the money where they see fit. Education is, of course, a provincial jurisdiction, and I told the premiers yesterday that we absolutely respect that. What we're announcing today is designed to support provinces and territories in the best way possible. Our government is here to help. We've made this funding flexible, so provinces and ultimately schools can use it for what they need most, from hand sanitizer to remote learning. So we've made the funding flexible for hand sanitizer, remote learning. Ontario is talking about using it for upgrades to ventilation systems in schools as well. Uh, let's get reaction this afternoon from the head of the Alberta Teachers Association, Jason Schilling, joining us. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thank you for having me. All right, this funding announcement, I guess, you know, some would say better late than never. Where's your head at uh, when it comes to what you heard breaking last night and finding out more details today? Well, I think it's welcome news to find uh, that we're getting extra funding to address uh, the return to school because there are some shortfalls that we still see within the plan for Alberta students and teachers when they go to class starting just next week. Let's talk about those shortfalls. What are they? Well, I would like to see the extra funding that are being allotted to Alberta to be spent on um, focusing on some significant staffing needs. So, for instance, mm. looking at ways to reduce class sizes, making sure that we have custodians um, in place, that we have the ongoing sanitization needs that we'll need in our schools, and also going back and, and hiring EAs and teachers who might have been laid off in, in the spring to bring them back so that they can be there to support our students in both in-class and remote learning capacities because we're especially going to need to give supports to our special needs students um, and then I think the last two things I would say is to give supports to substitute teachers and look at the mental health supports mental health so there's a long list um, I, I don't know I don't know I don't know how this process works then Jason I mean the province is going to get what is it 262 million that will be the alla the allocation uh, for Alberta from the feds uh, when it comes to this cash um, will the ATA will school boards have any input um, into um, you know maybe some advice talking with uh, the the education minister of the province on on where this should go I've already reached out via text to the minister to hope 
to ask her if we would be having a multi-stakeholder uh, working group meeting to talk about the allocation of these funds and where they should go in terms of best support for a safe return to school. Have you heard back yet? Not yet, but I do know that she, uh, the ministry released a um, uh, press release earlier that said uh -huh. that they would be reaching out to stakeholders. And so being uh, a key, sta key stakeholder in this, I look forward to having that conversation. Well, it's important, and I know it seems um, over the past number of months that maybe as a key stakeholder, I think at, at times the, the ATA has felt maybe a little bit left out. So moving forward with this, I think it's important that the province does listen to those, uh, you know, those frontline workers to say, okay, this is what we need. We heard Ontario talk about ventilation systems, Jason. Is that something that is on your radar at all in, in uh, you know, the HVACs and in schools that, um, you know, is that on your radar at all? Is that is that concern for you? Yeah, definitely. The association's been working with an epidemiologist, Dr. Uh, Saxinger, about um, our seven key priorities that we're putting, that we put forward to the minister on a safe return to school. And one of them is about increasing outdoor air exchange and improving our ventilation within schools. Uh, we know that there's schools up, you know, they talk about well, when you're back, open up your windows in your building. Well, not every school has a window that opens, and uh, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we're addressing the ventilation in those schools and plus some of our older schools. All right, so that is something I know a lot of buildings are yeah. looking at uh, that across the country uh, right now. Yeah. You've been in meetings with the uh, Canadian Teachers Federation uh, today. What are you hearing from your colleagues across the country? Well, we're, a lot of us are asking for the same things from governments to address class size, cohorting size, um, looking at HVAC. That was a big theme that came across Canada as well. Uh, but one of the other things, too, that I found interesting was that a lot of the governments are not necessarily taking um, the advice or the word from teachers from across Canada about the shortfalls that they see in the return to school plans. And I think that's, uh, that's not, I think it's terrible because teachers are the ones who are working in buildings with staff and students. They understand how to take these medical plans that are given forward by chief medical officers of health across Canada and making them work at school. And teachers want to be at school, so we want to make sure that mm -hmm. we can do it safely. And Jason Schilling, the president of the Alberta Teachers Association, joining us on the air once again this afternoon. One of many, many, many interviews you've been doing over the past uh, couple of months, Jason. It's been busy times for you, uh, without a doubt. Um, you know, I just had this text come in uh, from Lance out in Leduc, um, and, and he says, um, so if 30% of kids, 30% of kids are doing remote learning, won't class sizes naturally be reduced? We know that uh, the public Edmonton public has said that it's about a 70-30 split right now. Uh, 70% going back to school, 30% going to do online, um, you know, virtual uh, classes like they have done for the past couple of months. I think in Black Gold, it's about 90 to 10%. He's, you know, and so can you can you address that? Because he makes a good point, but I know that you have some concerns about what maybe some school boards are doing on that front. Yeah, definitely. And what I've, I've found, and I've talked to several teachers who have reached out to me, what's happening is um, as they're learning of the number of students who are going to remote learning, um, the kids who are remaining for in-person, in-class, they're just dividing those kids up between two teachers and then the third teacher is off to teach remote learning. And that's increasing the class sizes. So a colleague of mine reached out to me and said, my class just bumped up by seven kids. 
So what yeah. we should ideally be doing is having the teacher work with those students remotely, divide the students who are up still between the three teachers, and reduce that class size. Because increasing class size right now is going the exact opposite direction of what we've been told about social distancing. When it comes to uh, adjusting the school calendars, uh, I know that there was some pressure, you know, uh, on on the provincial government urging it to, you know, maybe delay uh, back to back to class for a little bit. The, the education minister, though, saying that school boards, you know, can can make that decision on their own. Some have made it; others are going ahead with uh, with the original plan. What are you hearing from your members and from from um, from those uh, from across the province on that front? And and, and first off, why the need to, to, to delay and what they hope uh, will be better in place when they get back to class? Well, school boards and um, the minister have had the plan for a while. What is happening right now is that principals and teachers are coming back to school right now. And um, they, had, they need time to sit down and, and go through the COVID plans as released by the minister, to go through the guidelines, scenario one, and how will those protocols impact the way that schools operate? Because it's going to be very different in the fall from mm-hmm. the doors that kids come into, how they move about in the hallways, the hand washing requirements um, in some schools you know they have 10 classes that share one washroom with one sink and how do you make all of that work so I was hearing from staff and principals that they just needed time to sit down together as a group to figure out how it's all going to work before kids came and that's why we asked for a delay for students to start after Labor Day to give staff um, time to get that together the minister decided to let school boards make that decision and they've been doing that and I've just been encouraging superintendents and school boards reach out to schools if they need the time help them out with that do you yeah, and you know it was interesting I was watching a, I think it was a Twitter stream the other day of, uh, of a teacher just talking about you know having kids coming back in and, and washing their hands or you know washing their hands upon coming into the classroom but there was like 20 or 25 kids in the classroom and if each kid has to wash their hands for 30 seconds how long that takes I mean there's there's all sorts of little things there that add up to removing from you know teaching time um, you know added um, you know adding into the burden of of what's got to be happening in classrooms you know starting in just a couple of weeks I, I hadn't even thought of that well yeah there will be an impact on instructional time and that's why we've asked government actually this year to um, not do any standardized tests, don't do uh, PATs, don't do diploma exams or do them voluntary if you need to um, because this isn't going to be a standard school year so it makes no sense to me to have a standardized test at the end of it. Um, Just give that flexibility and that grace for teachers to do the things that they need to do which is first going to ensure that kids are safe and that they're safe and then we can get into the learning and mental health aspects are going to be a big part of this uh, fall and we need to make sure that that safety is also physically and emotionally as well. You talk about uh, asking for those standardized tests to, to be put on hold. Any response on that front? Um, the government uh, initially when we did our submissions came back and said that they were going to move forward with them. Um, I've raised it with the minister the last couple of times that I've spoken with her and she said that she's open to the flexibility of looking at that as we move forward. So I think that um, we'll get a sense of what school is like and the pressures there. And I think it's this is one less stress to 
we can take off the plate. And so I think that for this year moving forward, it makes the most sense. Oh, uh, Jason, I just, I, I, hold, sorry, it's uh, International Dog Day and my dog is in my office. That, that's Bo Breeze. Hold on just a second. Uh, Jim, can you get him out of here, please? Thanks. Sorry. Uh, uh, sorry about that. the interview or our Zoom meeting if doesn't arrive, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. So someone just texted in and said, okay, Jaylen, what the hell were teachers and school boards doing for the past five months? More time? Why do they need more time? It's starting to sound like teachers don't want to go back to work and just complain about anything you want to take that one on Jason yeah teachers were working um, up until the end of June they were working in a remote emergency capacity with students um, planned by the government they got to remember the re-entry to school plan is a plan by the minister um, that was not announced until July 21st teachers were on holidays they get a holiday like everybody else who works um, and I know that principals have been back in their schools already trying to figure out the plans and teachers are coming back now. A lot of teachers have not had access to their buildings. And uh, that has been one of the things that I've, I've heard a lot the last little bit because they've been cleaned or they're resurfacing the floors or they're doing infrastructure things on that. Teachers were working up till the end of June. Um, they're working now. They want to be back in school. We know that from our pandemic survey that we did during the uh -huh. pandemic. They miss their classrooms. They miss their students. They want to make sure that they're, they're safe when they go back and just to sit down and look at these guidelines um, as a staff to make sure that they're doing it correctly you have to think that the guidelines for an outbreak in school just came out a week and a yeah. half ago and they need time to that's a 28 page document they need time to <laughs> sit down as a staff and understand how that works in their building yeah, I think it is important to to remember that that July 21st date, you know, as people are bombarding me on the text line right now, like, what the hell were they doing? I mean, we just found, you just found out just over a month ago what scenario you would be going back to, and so now it's moving forward on that front. Jason, before I let you go, you've, you've brought up a couple of times mental health. You've brought up mental health of teachers. You've brought up mental health of students. Um, <laughs> Is there anything being done, being put in place to, um, to, to, to work on that, to focus on that, to make sure that the mental health of those in schools is being taken care of? Well, when we were putting together submissions, we talked about mental health supports, and they did come out in the school um, re-entry plan that was put out by the government on June 10th. Um, to me, I think it's an area that we need to spend more time on. It's really in the plan. It's a list of websites that people can go to for supports. We need to have um, a, a more stringent plan about how to address the, the mental health needs of our students and our, our teachers. Um, counselors in schools would be a great start. You know, I come from a school down south. We have a counselor who comes one day a week and she, she visits other schools in between that time as well. Um, we need to add that time as a resource and get more counselors into our school, which I think would be a good start. I have never seen so much vitriol uh, being directed towards teachers in my entire 30 years of being in broadcasting, Jason. And uh, Gary, Jerry just texted and said, what the heck is wrong with people hating on, on teachers right now? You know, someone said, oh, they had it easy during COVID. They didn't have to, they didn't have to, um, what did he say? They didn't have to, um, they didn't have to be uh, responsible to anybody. They could just do whatever they want. They get their vacate, all of this sort of stuff. You know, you've heard it. You've heard it all before, yeah. Jason. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you handle that? What do you say to those? Or do you just, you know, the haters going to hate, 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 and you just kind of move on? 
Well, you know, I, I believe in the professionalism of my colleagues, and I know when it was remote emergency teaching, um, they were accountable to the principals in the school board still. They were working um, harder than they told us in our study. They've been working harder than they've ever worked in their lives. And was it perfect? No. Did it always work out really great? No. Um, there are people who just... Uh, you know, the, the you know teachers are lazy and that sort of thing. And um, I just believe in the work that we do because I believe in public education and I believe mm-hmm. in my students. And so um, we do the work. Before I let you go, what are you um, telling your members and what are you telling parents as you know back to school is just around the corner? What do you want them to know? Well, I mean, I know that there's a lot of concern and anxiety and worry, and so I keep asking people to, um, uh, you know, ask questions, ask school boards, principals, what's going on, want to see the plans, because some school boards are still working out their return to school plans, which mm-hmm. is why we keep asking for a little bit more time. But um, I think, you know, we kept saying when the pandemic hit and we were all isolating that we needed to uh, be kind to one another, that we're all in this together, and somehow that narrative part got lost and I think we need to remind ourselves that uh, we are all experiencing this again for the first time with one another and to just be um, you know treat each other with a little bit of kindness as we try to figure out the next couple weeks and then still press on government to make sure that we can strengthen and enhance the return plan so that it's the safest as possible for everybody. Jason always good to talk to you I appreciate your time this afternoon thank you for this. You bet thanks very much have a good day.